0: much. It's a uh, pleasure being here this morning. Feels good to be at a press conference again. I haven't haven't had one for a while. I feel uh, pressure on me here after Mr. Coors trying to follow that act, but I appreciate the, the nice, nice words. And there were I guess a lot of good times in my career but it's a bit ironic uh I might mention to you as, as a quarterback it's important to have good people around you and like in any business uh it's nice to to work with a team that uh has the same goals as you and and are dedicated to, to getting the job done and of course in dallas i was surrounded by a bunch of great players and a great head coach and tom landry and some fine wide receivers all the way back to to uh, Hayes, to Lance Allworth, to Drew Pearson and Tony Hill and Billy Joe Dupree, Preston Pearson and Herb Scott and so many, so many great receivers. Some of you don't recognize probably Herb Scott. Well, it's it's ironic because my career uh, ended with a pass completion. My last completion was to Herb Scott. That's the good news. It was a fine catch. The bad news is is Herb is our left guard on the Dallas Cowboy football team. The, uh, for you non-football fans, the left guard is ineligible in professional football. But Herb, I guess, he'd worked hard all year. And uh, we had a screen pass called against the uh, Los, An- Los Angeles Rams, and, and a screen pass and you send a receiver out in the flat and A lineman let the rush come in quick, and then they kind of run out in front of the uh, receiver, and he takes off downfield. It's a big play. Well, Ron Springs is our rookie, and rookies are a bit strange anyway. (laughs) A linebacker noticed that Ron was out there. I guess his eyes got real big, and he went out and stood next to Ron, and Ron didn't move. So I faked, looked downfield, and went to dump it out to Ron, and there was a linebacker. I could not throw it out there. I had no choice either to run or or to throw it into the ground get rid of it. So I went to ground the football. I had to get it near a white jersey, and there he was, 6'4", 265 pounds, cutting over the middle, not an L.A. jersey near him, and rightfully so, there shouldn't have been one near him. I threw the ball nice and low, shoe top level, and Herb Scott made one of the finest shoestring catchers. <laughs> so, uh, so for all those glory days as a professional quarterback, what I remember was old big number 68 laying on the ground with a big smile on his face, clutching the Wilson football as Jim Tunney, the referee, marked off 15 yards against the Dallas Cowboys.
1: And
0: that's how I ended my career, and I i guess it started, uh, you know, started somewhere where you don't like it to start, and that's in Splinterville on the bench, and it's frustrating being a backup quarterback. I get out of the service and, uh, 69 and joined the Cowboys five days later. We had three children Don Merritt had just retired and uh, They traded another quarterback and Craig Morton was here and I played behind Craig and it's frustrating people have asked me the Frustrations of being a second string quarterback and I haven't been able to relate how frustrating it can be being second team So I heard a story of a kid in college. He was second team And normally you don't even have to take a shower after the game when you're second team But this kid was in college, he was at the end of the bench, his career was over, the season was finished. It was a big football game though, it was a championship game, it was the last game of the season. It was the fourth quarter of the game, the score was tied and he was there at the end of the bench. Not really into the game, not paying a whole lot of attention, all of a sudden the starting quarterback got hurt. He came limping off the field. This second stringer, boy, his attitude just changed. Now his whole philosophy was winning the, winning the championship, making up for all those days on the bench, being the hero, throwing the game-winning touchdown pass. He goes running over to the coach with all the excitement in the world, and the coach looks at his starter as an as a injured quarterback. He looks at the second stringer as a necessary evil. It's a championship that scores tied, and so sure enough, he decides he's going to play for the tie. He doesn't want to mistake the interception or fumble, so he tells the second stringer son, get in the football game, I want you to run a quarterback sneak to the right, I want you to run a quarterback sneak to the left, then I want you to punt. Kid couldn't believe it, his chin just dropped. Coach said he repeat that after me. Coach, I run a quarterback sneak to the right, to the left, and then punt. The way I in the football game on their own 40-yard line, 60 yards ago, he runs a quarterback sneak to the right and goes 30 yards. <laughs> He runs a quarterback sneak to the left and goes 29 yards. So for all you math majors out there, (laughs) he's down to the one-yard line. Championship, score's tied, and sure enough, he punts. (laughs) He uh, kicks the ball and goes out of the stadium. He's run off the field, and the coach just grabs him by the shoulder pads and says, Son, what were you thinking about when you punted on the one-yard line? This kid just stood there and looked up the coach and said, "Coach, I was thinking about what a sorry coach you are." So, so, uh, it didn't end on a bright note, and I was frustrated on the bench. But there was a lot of a lot of good days, a lot of good days in between, and uh, we don't have enough time to to share those these stories. But I was. I was happy to be a member of the Dallas Cowboys. We won more games than, than anyone in the 70s, and we're in more Super Bowls than anyone. There was a team from Pennsylvania that won more Super Bowls than anyone. Uh, they they uh, took a few games away from us, Super Bowl, by a total of eight points. They made the big plays, and uh, I commend them for that. But we, we had our moments also. I I want to mention, uh, and since we don't have much time, is, is mentioned that our system is very goal oriented as a as a team it's basically managed by objective system that tom landry started in 1960 and i guess his ideas were pretty good he was he's been there for 21 years so it's uh, very goal oriented we're uh, have goals that are reasonable outstanding goals that uh, can be believed and achieved and they're measured we have a quality control division on our team and i mentioned because as a team as a as a, uh, a football team goals are of course critical as far as what you have to do as a team, the uh, units within the team, and then the individuals and where you stand and what you have to achieve and what your, your weaknesses are, what you have to work on. And it's uh, it's important. Goals are, uh, of course, uh, critical to, to success whether you're on a football team or if you're in business. I'm in business now. I have my own real estate company. I've been involved in real estate for 12 years, and we decided, my partner and I, to develop an office project, so i now had my name on $20 million worth of office construction here in Dallas, Texas. So we have our goals there also. Our goals is, of course, to get the projects finished on time and get it, to lease, get it leased, and it's a constant goal-setting process in life, and that's good. That's healthy. And of course, it's uh, what you're here uh, for yourselves to see people that have set goals and what they've achieved, and of course, you're here because you've achieved. But you're on a plateau in your life, and there's so much more ahead of you. I believe some of the areas, I think, that are are needed to be successful in goal-setting are, number one, I think time is important. You know, it takes time to be successful. You don't have shortcuts to success. It takes time to get uh, the grades you need in school. It takes time to do the things you want to do and to do them right. There's just no shortcuts to success. There's a lot of unspectacular preparation that produces spectacular results. Whether you're on the swimming team uh, spending, how many hours they spend? Four hours now, probably five hours. A lot of unspectacular time in that swimming pool to produce the spectacular results that, that take place. Football's no different. There's a lot of time and preparation that goes into that glamour on Sunday afternoon when you're successful. You've got to take time to be successful, to achieve your goals. I think talent, of course, is uh, is. Is definitely necessary in and, and the area that you decide, the vocation that do you, uh, you you choose, the, the business you go into, what you want to do. You have talent or you wouldn't be here. But I want to mention that talent is only as good as is how you use it. And use it to the fullest of your capabilities. Don't ever sell yourself short or go uh, or work beneath your talent. And that is the real crime uh, that you see in, in uh, every walk of life, especially in athletics, to see an athlete with talent not utilizing that talent. To the fullest of its god-given capabilities that's a shame we have a receiver in our team that's uh probably one of the great examples of having talent but utilizing that talent to its fullest of its capabilities he came to dallas in 1973 as a free agent free agents are not drafted so they're they're uh they're asked to come to camp uh, because they've got some talent but they just didn't meet the qualifications (laughs) that the NFL people felt uh, that, that were needed in draft. And a draft involves over a 1,000 players. Uh, but this young player came, and he wasn't drafted. He was kind of skinny, wasn't very big. But he's gone on to be probably the most consistent wide receiver in the NFL in the 70s. He's on the uh, NFL uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame team in the 70s year in and year out. He's only missed two football games, and the reason he did that, he spiked the ball against the New York Giants in the end zone a few years ago and twisted his knee. It's the only two games he's missed. But boy, I tell you, he has utilized his talent from day one when I met him until, uh, until today. And he's still got some great years ahead, and that's Drew Pearson, a tremendous, <laughs> tremendous uh, wide receiver, a guy that has uh, had talent, and he's got talent, but boy, I tell you, he utilizes it to its fullest uh, of its capabilities, and that's commendable. That's important. I think dedication is important in success. Dedication is a priority system. It's it's putting your priorities together in life, as far as uh, Lombardi maybe summed it up for, for some that liked it. And maybe he wasn't the first one to say it, say it but he said after Almighty God uh, and his family, it was the Green Bay Packers. Well, that's true in, in life. It's, it's, it's a priority system. It's your Creator who who uh, is given you life and, uh, of course, gives you the permanence that you need in your life because he's, he gives us the chance for everlasting life. Then there's our family, who we do, we do things for. And then it's the job at hand, whether uh, you're in school or you're in athletics or you're in business. The priority system important to put everything else aside except the priorities in your life and accomplish and get the job at hand done. Knowledge is, is essential in success and in goal setting. And once you feel like you know it all, you're in big trouble. It's a constant process in this day and age, especially in the competition in business, is, is to constantly seek knowledge and to study and to learn. Electronics area, any area, there's changes that take place every day due to our space shuttles and our space flights. There's microchips, there's the ability in the computer area. It's changing day in and day out. And business is getting extremely competitive. So knowledge is important to learn, to learn and be a sponge soaking up as much as you can. In athletics i know johnny and i just mentioned when he retired and i feel he's been probably the greatest quarterback that's played and there's been a lot of them but he uh, he mentioned when he retired he still didn't quite understand the game and i'm in agreement with him when i retired johnny proved he threw about 20 interceptions his last year I, I threw a few also so it's the process in athletics when an athlete thinks he knows it there's nothing else to learn boy he's in trouble and it's no no difference in uh, in business either Last thing I want to mention to you, I think it's important in your goal-setting process and in your success, and it kind of sums up everything else. It's the most powerful word in the English language for what it stands for and what it means, and that's perseverance. Perseverance is the ability to set your sights on the goal. Set your sights on that goal go after that goal and accomplish it no matter what the obstacles are in between. Don't make excuses. Go after it as as long as you do it with a lot of integrity, but you go after it. And an example in, in that area to me was a guy named Pete Stuttrick, When I read his story a few years back. It was important to me after leaving the service and people saying that, Roger, it's going to be difficult to play after four years. Well, if you listen and you don't believe in yourself, sometimes you can talk yourself in not accomplishing something. Perseverance is the ability to, to go ahead and accomplish, no matter what is said or what the obstacles are in between. Pete Stuttrick was a, a good example to me, and you might have heard about him. He was 44 years old, and he decided to run a marathon. Marathon is 26 miles plus, and it's a tough, it's a tough uh, dude. It's a tough run. And Pete decided he's going to do it. At the age of 44, he did it, and he's run many more since. Of course, Pete doesn't have all the advantages we do. He didn't have any feet. He doesn't have any feet. He ran on the stumps of his legs, and he still does. And he was asked, why? Why did you do it? And he said, I made up my mind. I set a goal, and I was going to accomplish it. I, I, I was going to do it. I was going to persevere until I accomplished it. And he said, I didn't lean backwards. Of course, he's being a little facetious, but he said it. And it's true. Perseverance is the ability to set that goal, go after it, don't lean backwards, and don't worry about the obstacles that are in between. I think this takes time, it takes talent, dedication, knowledge. and and perseverance, and uh, you can't accomplish the goals you're going to go after because there's a lot of challenges in this world today. It's a topsy-turvy world. There's a lot of things, events that can affect our lives each and every day internationally and domestically. The only thing we can control, the only thing we can really control, we can't control our boyfriends, our girlfriends, our parents, our coaches, our teachers, but we can control ourselves. And you have a lot of tremendous pressure on you, peer pressure. But you as individuals can control yourselves and you're going to have to say no when others are saying yes in the areas of morality and drugs and in so many areas. you got so many challenges. You're on a plateau in your life right now, and there's so much more ahead of you. Set your goals and be successful. Go after what you're going to accomplish and uh, use the influences you have in a positive way and throw off the negative, negative influences.